Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. She stood tall at the top of Blaney Hill, her toes teasing the earth's edge as she had dropped before her. Her eyes never met the ground, though. They never looked down, though. They only looked out. Five years previous. An 11-year-old Eliza was playing with the spaghetti on her plate, spelling out her name accompanied with a love heart shape. Eliza, stop playing with your food and eat it. When I was a child... Sandra's words faded as if she was speaking underwater. Eliza rolled her eyes like this was a routine conversation every day at five o'clock. She had fed some of the vegetables to the dog that was quietly and patiently sat by her knee without her mother's knowing. The rest went in a doggy bag for later. Full up from Eliza's tea, Harry, the caramel labradoodle dog, curled up beside the fire like a king. Dad was at work. He was always at work. And as for her older brother Darren, God knows where he was. As Sandra's back turned to do the dishes, her daughter slipped out of the room as she had an exciting night ahead. She had waited all day for school to finish so she could go. Eliza closed the broad wooden front door behind her with a creak and welcomed the cold night. She loved the winter and always described herself as a snow baby to her friends at school. They always laughed and continued to prove to her that summer was better. They preferred hot days with lollipops and party music and beaches and pretty clothes, which Eliza did agree with things she enjoyed. However, Eliza belonged to the winter. She waited all year for it. Something powerful had a hold of her as she mourned for the dark nights to cover Kangletown and for a blanket of snow to fall. Tonight was that night. As she stepped out of the porch, the snow crunched beneath her feet. Soft snow was falling from a grey haze above the roofs of Kean Street. The flakes were kissing her nose and dancing with her freckles. The cold blue sky was quickly turning royal amongst the haze. The stars would be out soon. She must be quick. She hurried along the road until she was met with a small opening with a sign reading, Truny Alley. She'd found it. She was smart enough to bring a small torch to find her way. After five minutes of stumbling along the alley, she was met with a large green plant pot. Whatever plants were once there had died and only left wilted sticks behind. She tapped it three times and a small wooden hatch opened nearby. It was Alistair. Alistair used to be her best friend at school until he went missing. His family moved away from Kangletown as they were too grief-stricken to stay in a place where they lost their only boy. Eliza was upset to lose her friend for a long time. She stopped watching TV, as Alistair's face was always on the news, so she started to play on the park. That's where she found him. Alistair was on the swing, looking dirty and cold. 
he begged her not to tell, and promised to meet her in the small alley, with instructions to open the hatch, and he would let her in and tell her everything. Well, here she is, and now being led down into a narrow staircase to some kind of basement. The hatch closed with a bang. Alistair sat on the small stool in the middle of the dirty and rotten smelling room. What's going on, Alistair? I thought you were dead. Everyone thinks you're dead. Have you been in here the whole time? Asked Eliza skittishly. Alistair only managed to nod. Alistair, tell me what happened. You promised, she shouted. Alistair looked up and one tear trickled down his face, leaving a streak where the dirt had been. Then everything went black. Eliza walked with a sore head and rope around her wrists. A small old lady entered the room and her friend was nowhere to be seen. Who are you? This rope hurts, Eliza said with worry in her voice. Where is Alistair? A booming sound broke from the little old lady's chest. Alistair has been disposed of as promised. Disposed of? I promised to set him free if he brought me a child in his replacement. A cackle burgled from her mouth. But he should have known nobody leaves Leela's cauldron alive. He is now among the clouds where he belongs. He was mourned four years ago, so it's only right. You witch! And Alistair the monster! I thought he was my friend! cried Eliza. You are mine now, young girl, and you will do as I say. The witch hobbled out of the dungeon and left Eliza to whimper in the dark. Four years and sixty-five days later. Daylight was forgotten and her surroundings hadn't changed. Leela the witch often brought her an animal carcass to feed on, raw and bloody. Eliza longed for her last meal at home the salty and tangy spaghetti and soft green vegetables. She wished she'd eaten them instead of bringing them for Alistair to enjoy. Ever since that day she had been lost within herself. No pleasant views for her eyes, only darkness. No sweet or salty taste for her tongue, only slime. No pleasing smell, only body odour, faeces and rotten meat. Eliza didn't sleep. Vivid memories crawled across her imagination of things the witch had forced her to do. Bad things. But she had to remind herself that it wasn't her fault. The witch had a spell on her. Every night she could see the children of the town which she had to ruthlessly kill, bury in the floors and cook in the cauldron. Their bloodied faces, decapitated heads and dismembered bodies were flying across the room and speedily zooming towards her face. Her eyes squinted shut in fear and she curled in a ball on the floor. After several hours she grew distressed and uncontrollable. It was the witches doing, not mine, she screamed. But they did not stop haunting and their voices did not stop taunting. They only got louder. 299 years later. Leela requested Eliza's help with her new stew. Eliza had heard the screams during the night and expected this duty the following morning. The door opened and she was beckoned inside. Her chain scratched the stone floor, piercing her ears. 
which had upgraded from rope two years ago after Eliza nearly escaped. She was punished for that. Eliza's eyes stung from the bright glowing portion spilling into the darkness from the cauldron. Green smoke danced with her breath. And Eliza was mesmerised for a second, forgetting what ingredients were among it. Eliza was given orders and left to it. She created frozen toes skin into the mixture, along with freshly squeezed rat's eyeball juice and children's hair. This portion was to make the witch young and beautiful again, something Eliza had learned the witch does every 100 years. How old is she and how many others like me? Eliza thought to herself. The witch demanded her to sing the children's lullaby to encourage the portion to the boil, but Eliza refused. Anger pierced her heart and glints of red appeared in her eyes. She fought the control on her vocal cords which forced them to tear under pressure. The pain was excruciating but Eliza had to try and gain control. The witch clicked her fingers and several sharp objects came hurling towards Eliza but her feet were glued to the ground like gravity was evil too. Eliza's damaged voice box prevented her from screaming and the witch took pleasure in the scent of fear. She closed her eyes and willed her five-year ordeal to be over. Not so fast, yelled the witch, and the objects dropped to the ground immediately. You tricked me, young girl. I nearly let you go. With another click of her fingers and three clicks of her heels, Leila repaired Eliza's damaged vocal cords. You will sing for me, child. You will not be disobedient again. Eliza began to sing, but it was not what the witch requested. It was a lullaby from her childhood. Softly to the cotton candy bed sheets that you placed for me to sleep my demons away. The witch squeezed her ears as the sweet tune peeled back her wicked layers and found her childhood memories. Leela's mother's face appeared in front of her. She remembered the night she was killed. But it was only an accident I was practicing witchcraft she thought. From that day, Leela vowed to be the best witch there had ever been. Whilst Leela was vulnerable and her spells were weak, Eliza seized her chance. She gained control and pushed a knife through her master's chest. Eliza watched the life drain from her eyes. She pushed her into the magical cauldron and watched the flesh melt from her bones. The screams had quietened and Eliza searched for the keys. Opening the heavy doors with her fragile hands, she ran down the alley and never looked back. Present. The silhouette at the top of Blaney Hill complemented the picturesque view behind. Her hair was long, wavy and flowing. The white highlights glittered in the sunset. The strands whisked in the cold wind which seemed to slow down when approaching her. Beads of sweat decorated her forehead. The climb was harsh. Wind battered her fragile skin. Freezing air stole her breath and sharp rocks sliced her feet bloody. 
dirt scratched her eyes and the scent of lavender tickled her nose. Oh, for a long time her ears were filled with sound. Sometimes loud and sometimes even louder. But right now, right in this moment in time, her ears were clear. The earth greeted her like an old friend. A raindrop splashed between her eyes like a blessing and she inhaled. As if being reborn. New air removing toxins and blood drew as sacrifice. A slight smile kissed the corners of her mouth. Eliza was free. <laughs>